0: Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Okay, so the first thing that I just... On my microphone. Okay, we're off to a good start. The first thing I want to address on this episode is that Mel and I have noticed we've been having a little bit of technical difficulties with our previous episodes, just with some of the cutting out and the glitching. So, this is us just acknowledging the problem. We're working on it and thank you for your patience with it. We've joked that it's you know, maybe the, <laughs> um, technology doesn't want to work for us. Cause we're just like, we're vibing too hard. Um, and maybe that's it, but, um, we're going to try some various solutions to see if we can get our, um, our, our, our technology working a little bit better for us. When it's me by myself or when it's Mel by herself, it's a little bit different because we record on a different mechanism. So hopefully this episode is glitch free. Um, cause I'm just alone today. It's Tanya and what Mel and I discussed because, um, every, this is our fourth season, which is crazy actually. Um, but every year what we have done, um, when it was Jen and Mel and I, is we um, we kind of did these like cycle of interviews with each other, where we would ask, um, kind of like, what?" it was kind of like we thought it was like just a less cheesy intro style episode where you could learn about each of us but it wasn't as dry as being like hi I'm Tanya and here's some of the stuff I do uh and it was a little bit more engaging and so this year uh again because Mel and I have such a hard time getting together um uh I proposed this idea and we're we kind of i think we've settled on this. I'll speak for myself and not for Mel cuz she she might do something different. But the idea was that we talk about our our origin story. <laughs> so um if you are like a budding spiritual enthusiast, if you're just starting out or if maybe you've been in, you know, you've been seeing people like, you know, it's like your sixth sense moment and you've been seeing dead people since you were little, you know, everyone has kind of entered into the spiritual world in their own way. And so I'm going to share with you how I kind of entered the realm of spirituality. So I'm gonna give you the full-length edition, which I don't normally do. When um, people ask me, or when I share my story, um, when actually when I was playing music, for instance, I would tie um, the story of spirituality into my performance and and sort of tell this like little timeline of how I kind of got down this rabbit hole and into tarot and all the other things that kind of came along with it. But you guys are special, and I feel like you deserve the big story. So you know, buckle in, we're in, we're, we're going for a long one today. Uh, no, it's, 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 I don't know, it's relatively unremarkable, let's be honest, but it's a part of my story. It's actually for me become more relevant lately, uh, lately being like the last year or two, I have dove a lot more deeply into witchcraft. Um, so where, whereas it started in more started being like the restart, (laughs) It more in like spiritual, like spiritual pathways and kind of like exploring energy and tarot. Obviously, tarot, tarot was like the the beginning of it, of it all. Um, the witchcraft, I've always, it's always been there or it's been there for a really, really long time. Um, but I've only really been expanding on that in the last, I'd say, two to three years. So once upon a time, Tanya was 11 years old, and my friends at the time started getting into things that I didn't feel comfortable with, mainly smoking and smoking weed. Boys, eh, that one was kind of 50-50 for me. Um, but there was just some like questionable ethical behavior, and we're 11. <laughs> so I was just like, you know what? This isn't for me. <laughs> I made good choices, okay? Good for me. Good for my parents for teaching me, you know? Um, and I decided to find, uh, some friends that had different interests. And so enter Morgan, Morgan, this lovely, wonderful human being. I don't remember why or how we started hanging out, but I remember her saying, I'm a witch. And I was like, cool. Cause like one of my favorite shows at the time also, come on. And you got any like you know eighties nineties babies that watched Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Because that was a good show, not the one on Netflix, the old school one with Melissa Joan Hart. Okay, that's where it's at. Also, Harry Potter was alive and well at this time. Okay, I I don't know if we if I actually started the Harry Potter series yet, but anyways, there was still this era where I was sure someone was gonna tell me I was a witch. Okay, I was I was pretty keen till I was about fifteen or sixteen, and I was like, okay, I don't think it's coming. Um, anyways, so, or I always had this underlying hope. I wouldn't have admitted it openly at 15 or 16. I would have been like, no, that's stupid. That's for kids. But underlying hope was always that someone was going to come through. Anyways. Okay. So yeah, remember I said, this is the long story. It's, this is going to be messy and this is not rehearsed even remotely. I have no notes today, guys. Okay. We are flying by the seat of our pants okay so I meet Morgan and Morgan's like I'm a witch and I'm like do tell because I'm just this interested little person and she's like well here's all this cool stuff I have so she I go to her house and she's got this like cool room that's like just like full of stuff it is like there's no aesthetic here but it's just like full of stuff and she's got like these cool little rocks and she's got all these cool books and oh my god she had the best book and it's Still to this day, honest to God. If you have a little person in your house that's interested in witchcraft, I will still recommend this book because it's old as balls, but it's such a good book. It's called Teen Witch and it's by Silver Ravenclaw. Silver Raven Wolf? Ravenclaw? Hang on a second. Ravenclaw, that's Harry Potter, isn't it? Raven Wolf. Okay. Silver Raven Wolf. If I had my glasses on, I can see it right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't even have caffeine. I had a glass of wine. That's what it is. Sorry, guys. Okay. So, um she had this really cool book. And so she starts explaining about like, well, no, I don't, I don't worship God. I worship the goddess, um, or the God and the goddess. She had a whole kind of system going there. She was Wiccan too. So the Wiccan is a religious system for anyone that's, we're doing like the more, you know, witchcraft edition. Um, so Wicca is a system of religion. Um, I would say with her, I, I probably dabbled in Wicca, but was down with the witchcraft for sure. I thought it was so cool. So anyways, we become friends. We click on this. I think this is so cool. We also were into like, you know, Neo pets because we're 11 and balance 12 maybe. Um, so uh, we used to like take these like little field trips to this store that was, oh God, it was honestly probably like 15 blocks from our house, but hey, we're kids and I unsupervised apparently, <laughs> and we would walk this like 15 blocks to this little shop. It was called Witch's Brew. And it was at the time, um, eventually, this is in Saskatoon, at the time it was like in the back of an antique store, uh, just this room in the back of an antique store. It eventually became its own store and is now perished and deceased, which is so unfortunate. It was just so nostalgic to go in there cause the smell I suppose this woman burned the same incense for like 30 years anyways. Um, yeah, it had this like very, I, I don't know what it is to this day, this, this incense, but I bet you if I smelled it, I would just know instantly. Um, but she had incense burning in there. So it had this very distinct smell and it was just like walking into like, I think I felt probably like what Harry Potter felt like, like when Hagrid hit the brick and opened up to Diagon Alley, like just kind of this like, whoa, this exists. This is a world. That's probably how I felt when I like looked into the, there was books and crystals and like leathers and, and just candles and bottles and herbs and just all this stuff. And I was like, this is so cool. And I got, at the time I got a $20 allowance. I was a high roller. Okay. And so I would go and buy a crystal and buy, you know, and I had to budget because I had to buy other stuff with my allowance too. I'm sure it was like vital that I buy, you know, candy or Slurpees or something. So whatever. Um, I'm trying to keep this story interesting and not too lengthy. So I'm trying to decide with details. I'm kind of skimming over here. Anyways, I was into all this stuff. Now, my mom knew about this, like with Morgan, um, I say that because, uh, foreshadowing here. Okay. My mom at this time and my family, like I had been baptized. I'd been confirmed. I had had first communion. I don't remember what order that goes in. Uh, we're like, we are Catholic and my mom is like Catholic. And, um, and so this whole witchcraft thing, I'm actually really impressed in hindsight that she didn't put really big blocks around this but she didn't she just kind of let this roll and so good on you mom for like the the exploration of it all now my parents at this time are divorced and so I would spend the summers with my dad and the school year with my mom so whatever this summer that I'm a witch and whatever I go to my dad's and my dad uh, still had to work obviously when we came to visit so he would kind of farm us out to like whatever child care he could s- swing and this summer it happened to be this woman and her name is Kita, and she still exists now I don't think this podcast is going to get to her but if she's out there I would just love a coffee okay because she's in the Black Diamond Turner Valley area I can't remember which one it is turner valley i think but she might not still live in turner valley but i think at the time that's where she was and she was my dad was dating this woman she was this woman's friend and i guess she was at home or she was self-employed anyways so kita was a witch now she didn't say she was a witch I just knew she was. I knew she was because her house had a lot of the same stuff that that witch's brew store had in it. Like she had the crystals and she had these like beautiful leathers and she was um an artist and she would paint on the leather and on the on stones and she kind of did they're not runes but it was kind of like they kind of reminded me of runes. Runes are like um stones with symbols on them and they're used for divination. Um hers had images on them. So it was almost like tarot runes. But anyways, I don't know if they had a name. She never gave me the name if, if they did. Um, but she had a tarot deck and I thought that was like amazing because I'd never met anyone with a tarot deck before. I'd seen the tarot decks. I knew what tarot was. I always wanted a reading and they had them at Witch's Brew, but they were not $20 and that was all I would ever have at one time. <laughs> so I was never getting a tarot reading. Anyways, uh, so Keita and I got into conversation about... I don't really remember, but just she had cool stuff and I could ask about it. So I did. And we chatted about it and it was super, super cool. Okay. Cut to whatever. I went home, like back to my mom's house and Kita sent me a shoebox full of like, oh my God, for me at this time would have been like kid in a candy store. She sent me, um, like all stuff that would kind of go on your altar. She sent me a feather. She sent me a seashell, um, I'm a, like I'm guessing it's stuff that was in there now like maybe a candle maybe uh, you know what I mean just like I'm I'm sure she represented all the elements in this thing anyways this package now, remember everyone too, this is before Amazon. So getting something in the mail, like, I don't know what you, but I get Amazon to this day, I'm excited. So I just like getting things in the mail. And this is before Amazon. So getting things in the mail was even more exciting. And I'm like 12. So like, what the fuck am I going to get in the mail? Anyways, so I got this package. And so um, it was amazing. My mom comes down later. She's like, what did you get? And I was like, look. And so I showed her. And she confiscated this box. Um, now, I think it was, and I, as a parent now, I'm a little bit more like, I see the problem. I think my mom kind of like had those mom, like it was a mom moment. I don't think it was like censors because I've sat with it a lot to this day. And I don't think keto was like an issue like a child predator is basically what I'm saying. But I think in my mom at the time, her brain went there and she was like, you can't be friends with an adult. That's weird. And I'm like, but like I'm sitting there going like, but we just like the same stuff. Like, and so I I don't know. I get that that's kind of convoluted, but anyways, my mom confiscated this box, which of course crushed me because come on, I don't get mail. And that was really cool stuff. And then this somehow led to her asking about, like, now she knew I was into this witchcraft. She knew about Morgan. She knew about the whole gamut. But for some reason now she asks me about my stuff. And I had kept my other stuff. So I got the shoebox from Kita but I, I kept my other stuff in a shoebox as well. Um, it was a really big shoebox that I like decorated cause I'm a nerd and I brought out the shoebox cause she's like, what else do you have? And I don't remember how this whole conversation really went, but, but that was asked, what else do you have? So I brought out my box and she's like, Oh my God, you have all this stuff. And I never knew about this. And I was like, but you did know about it. She's like, I didn't know to this extent. And so I think it really like pressed on, my at the time Catholic the funny thing is she's not Catholic now, but um or that's not the belief system that she strongly adheres to at this time. Um and so I think maybe it, like, tipped her over the edge of her, like, Catholic Catholic bandwidth. Like, whatever she could tolerate at the time, this was beyond it now. And so she took all of it. So she confiscated the box from Kita, and she confiscated this box from under my bed. Now, when I tell you I, like, was crushed, like, that the words, there are no words. I was, I cried so hard. Um, because I think it was like more than stuff to me, right? Like, especially because this is a a system of power and belief. And because I was giving myself power through it, I think it really sort of like broke my heart really. And um, now generally with my mom, when she would have like a moment, you know, give her a few days or even just a day. And she'd kind of come back around and like cooler heads prevailed and we'd talk some stuff out and usually come into some sort of conclusion that made sense for both of us. And we both felt peaceful. So I kind of waited. Like I remember just being like, is it today she's going to come back and be like, ah, I kind of had a big reaction. (laughs) Um, and she never did come back ever. I, I have never seen my box again. Um, I did get, cause I actually, <laughs> so this is the other funny thing. I never not wanted to ask about that stuff. Like I never forgot about it. I was even 15 or 16 years old and I actually scolded myself internally. I was like, that's kid stuff. Why do you even care that you want that back? kind of thing but I never not wanted it back but I never felt like I could ask for it cuz obviously she got very distressed and upset and so I don't know if I just wasn't clear that I did something wrong or you know what around that but I just I felt a lot of shame around that whole um situation and the box the stuff, the things that I wanted back. So <laughs> yeah, I did ask for it back. I did. I, I inquired and I still took guts for me to ask. I think I was 32. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, um, do you remember <laughs> this box? It was orange with like yellow. Cause I had a really good color palette at the time. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Uh we were able to find so we couldn't find the box but there was one singular pouch um that was full of stones um that and this was a pouch that I got from Kita. I think I purchased it from her um cuz she makes these leather things um anyways I purchased it from her as this like 12 year old kid or whatever. And it had some of the stones that I got from Witch's Brew. And then it also had those painted stones from Kida. So I actually got those back in my later years. So they are tucked away here somewhere. Um, but that's all, that's all I got back. The rest of it has disappeared into the oblivion, including the Teen Witch book, which is like, oh, Because I I just feel like, what if I mean, like, notes in the margin? Like, wouldn't you love to read what your 12-year-old self had to say? (laughs) Like, anyways. So, whatever. So, this instant happens. And it sort of just shut the whole door on witchcraft and Wicca and spirituality. The whole rock, like, the rocket, gamut. I don't know. Racket. That's what it is. Gamut and racket. It shut the door on everything for me. And I was really not vibing on Catholicism because I just, I had a lot of questions and I didn't feel I was allowed to ask them. I didn't feel safe asking them. I felt like I wasn't supposed to ask them, like kind of like, how dare you ask them? And not from my mom or actually from my grandma, but just in the general vibe of the Catholic religion. I was just like, you don't question it. You just believe it. That's how I felt. Now, whether that was the reality doesn't matter. That's how I felt. So my natural self-conclusion was like, cool. I'm an atheist then because you're not answering my questions. You took away this thing that I was looking into and now I don't have anywhere to go. So I'm just going to go with like, I turn into worm food, the end lights out. And that was simple. And I stayed that way for a very, very long time, probably 10 years. So then 10 years later, I was having a conversation with a uh, Christian and I, like, God bless this young man for being so patient with me because I was so pretentious and rude. And I was like, God doesn't even make sense. He's like Santa Claus. Like, how could someone hear, like, there's how many people in the world? Like, how could God possibly hear all of those prayers? Like, he can't be everywhere at once. It's impossible. Like, And he's like, well, yeah, but you're thinking of God like, and this is shit, you not. This is like how peacefully and calmly he answered my pretentious ass. He's like, but you're thinking of God like a three dimensional being, like he's a human, but God's not human. What if God is like multidimensional and interdimensional? And I was like, whoa. And then just like that, I became agnostic because now I was like, well, you don't know what you don't know, so. Um, then I spent probably another almost 10 years being agnostic because I was like, well, I guess anything's possible. So now we're going to get to the part of the story that if you have ever been to one of my live acoustic shows, then you might've heard the story. Um, we're going to skip over parts that I think are boring slash inconsequential. And we're going to go to once upon a time, I met a beautiful girl named Madison Krebs. Madison Krebs is an artist. Please look her up because she's amazing. Um, she came over to my house one day because we were co-writing. Now, I had no relationship with Madison at this point except for um, the music industry. So the only way I knew of her and that she knew of me was that we were both in the music industry. Now this happens a lot, that people will get together to co-write music that don't know each other. I jokingly reference it being much like a blind date. Like you got to kind of suss out if there's going to be chemistry there um, and you don't know till you kind of try it and you just hope it goes well. So she comes in and sits down and bless her gets the ball rolling because this is the other thing about writing is sometimes it's tricky to get the ball rolling. And so I, for that reason, I have this philosophy when I'm co-writing that you just say yes for the first little while until things are kind of moving and have a bit of momentum. Just, it's like improv. You just roll with it. Cause if you say no or nah, or mm, you kind of like kill any forward movement. So my philosophy is yes. So she comes in and she's like, well, I had this idea because I was talking to this psychic and the psychic said that I was in this relationship with this guy and that we've had many past lives together and that all of our relationships were tumultuous. And like this girl lost me at psychic. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Do you want to write a song about us? How are we supposed to do this? Like we write country music and you want to write about a psychic? But she's going on and she's like, we, I have to decide in this lifetime if I'm going to be with him or not. And if I'm going to repeat the same patterns and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. And then she's like, well, I kind of have this melody idea because I'm trying to keep all of my judgment internalized. Meanwhile, I do wonder what my face looked like, but she's, she's like, I have this melody. And so she sings it. And I was like, oh, that's really pretty. Now I really have to say yes. I have to make this work because that's a really pretty melody. And I guess we're writing about psychics somehow. I don't know how we're doing this. Okay. So what ha- what ended up happening, it was actually a really cool session because I honored her story as like in my head, this is how I'm, this is unfolding for me. I was like, okay, I want to honor this story. And the, the, one of the bigger, it's uh, the song is called, I think it's called In Another Life. And so for her, this meant literally in another life, there was a past life where, all this stuff went down. Now, for me, in my head, to make it make sense for me, I thought about a relationship I had been in, and I thought, "Well, that feels like a lifetime ago, in another life, like you know." And so that's how I made it work. So, what's cool about that song? If you ever, this is like just shameless plug for Daniel Ryan music. <laughs> um, if you go back, if you go listen to it, every line of that song works for her like literal experience of past lives, psychic, blah, blah, blah. But it works line for line for me describing a relationship I had been in about, it was at that point about a decade prior, and maybe not quite that much, but it was a good chunk of time. Um, And so, you know, whatever. So it came to be that song. So she and I developed a friendship because um, we ended up writing together more and, um, so at one point she's like, well, you should go see the psychic. <laughs> and I was like, okay, should I go see the psychic? <laughs> and, uh, Cause my belief on psychics at this point, like I'm, I'm, I've, I've become very pragmatic, um, very skeptical, very, oh, dare I say jaded, like, this is where, you know, the life has led me to be this person. I'm also have like a superiority complex, think I'm smarter and better than everybody always. But, you know, whatever, I'll find that out later when I'm 30 something and unravel that. But um, so I'm like, "Mm, okay, like, you just, uh, you got scammed by a scam artist, I don't really feel like I need to get scammed by someone. But at the same time, Madison is like a really smart person. So my brain is also trying to Reconcile how this really smart person could get scammed. So I'm like, well, I need to meet the scam artist that this, that's this good, like the one that can. If she can bring the wool over your eyes, I want to meet her, kind of a thing. <laughs> and also, I'm kind of like the agnostic essence is kind of, you know, glistening and going. You never know. Do you know? You don't know. You gotta, you gotta. You gotta. Did you try it yourself? No, you just heard through the gate grapevine that psychics are scam artists. You don't know. So I take Madison. I book this psychic thing and I take Madison with me and I am smug as fuck, okay? Because I'm like, Uh, we're going to go in here and I am going to sit like so still and I am only going to say yes or no. Like I'm not giving this woman anything. Cause as far as I know about these scam artists is that they read your body language and deduce things and kind of like read between the lines on things like that you give them. I'm like, I'm not giving her anything. I don't even think I gave her my full name when I booked. I don't think I gave her a fake name, but I think she only had my first name. So. Even if you and I'm not saying you couldn't search me out, but okay. Anyways, let's just keep going. Okay, so we show up at the the psychic's place, and she, the psychic, actually came in with us. Like the ele- we're going up in the elevator, and she's like, "Oh, you guys must be my you know three o'clock or whatever it was." And uh we're not even like sitting down yet, and the psychic, started- <laughs> she's like, "Oh, you just broke up with someone." And I'm not even impressed because I'm like, oh, everyone that just goes like everyone that goes to a psychic just broke up with someone like try again, scam artist. <laughs> and uh, she said something like two months ago. And I was like, oh, that was weirdly specific. Yes, it was two months. <laughs> She's like, and you were together for two years and you lived together. And I was like, OK, you have my attention. You had two dogs and he took a dog and you took a dog and. And then she just kind of keeps going. And I was like, and at this point, um, because this man and I, we had broken up and neither of us had like publicized this on social media. Like I, for one thought, felt it was weird. I was like, it seems weird to make like a PR statement. Like no one cares. They, people will just find out we're broken up because life happens and it moves forward and whatever. Right. You don't need to make like a statement. We have broken up and it's sad. Uh, or you know we have broken up and fuck that guy you know whatever, so uh, her knowing this was just interesting because no one really knew outside of the people that I talked to on a regular basis and so because this wasn't public information and she also didn't have my full name so so anyways I was I was like okay you have my attention lady and I was sitting there like yes no deadpan not gaming or anything anyways we're like. 10 minutes in before she gets me to write something down on a piece of paper and I give her my birthday. And anyway, so that I guess adds more information to this reading. And this woman, when I tell you, she like said things to me, I hadn't told people, like I hadn't said these things aloud before. She described to me the inner workings of my mind, my inner environment, like I was like, what? Like, it, like my brain broke that day because I was led to believe that this was not possible, that the people that did this kind of work were scam artists, like that they, they used your body language. They, they would have researched this or like, but the, the things she told me could not be researched. Like, it's just, it wasn't a thing. She told me that one of the guys that I was, because I had like, (laughs) kind of had a roster going at that time. So anyways, she told me that one of the guys that was in my roster was, she's like, yes, there's this guy, blah, blah, and he's like this, and he's five foot 10, and he doesn't have a dad. His dad died when he was very, very young, and I was like, whoa, like, and and okay, the thing that was extra about that was that guy told me that, but I don't know why he told me that. Like I f- have a feeling he doesn't just go around telling people that. And he, eh, it's a longer story with that one, but anyways, it was very early in the roster. Like I feel like it's just fluke that he told me that, and then she was able to use that as like a like to validate that she's legit. I don't know. Anyways, so I was just. I was plan, fully planning on driving home with Madison, who was like sitting in the corner just giggling the whole time because she knows that this is happening and my brain is breaking and the amount of things that this woman is saying that, that's accurate. She's just giggling and she's got her little notepad. She's taking notes for me and she's giggling. Anyways, so we're driving home and she is not nearly as like smug and like satisfied as I would have been. Uh, So bless her. She is a better person than me. Um, And I am like, I had insomnia for two weeks, because I just could not understand what happened. So this triggered a series of events that I've never recovered from. And, you know, the probably the most prominent of which was that I had to go and buy a tarot deck. I had to, I, I needed to, I wanted to feel what this woman felt like. I. Oh, for anyone that wants to know, if you want to see this woman, if you are local to Calgary, she works out of Calgary. Her name is Patricia Gomez. I'm sure you can Google her to look her up, but you can also DM me on Instagram and I'll give you her information and you can book with her. Highly recommend. I never don't give her information out when I tell this story. So I went to, uh, Divine Mine in Calgary. There's another little shout out. Um, I went and I, oh, must've looked so silly. Anyways, I was basically like under cloak and dagger. Like I was so mortified that I was entering this like store full of woo. And I went in the back and I found the cards that looked like Patricia's and, brought them up to the till and felt like a tool and, and paid and the normal person behind the desk is like, how are you? And I'm just like, good, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're probably like, what is that person doing for drugs? <laughs> they are not okay. Um, anyways. And I went home and I will not ever tell people how much time I invested into learning tarot. I, Spent every spare waking moment studying tarot. So I read books. I was online. I, if TikTok was a thing, I would have been on TikTok. Um, it was podcasts. I found a podcast that I listened to over and over and over again because she. Um, it was a very, very, very old podcast, like probably when podcasts were like invented. Um, so it only had she only did the major arcana, so she only did like, you know, I think she did about twenty-five episodes, and I just basically looped them, like listened to them over and over and over again. Um, and I actually bought that woman's book that had the podcast. And I love, and to this day, actually, it's my favorite book. It's um, If You Want to Study. I, I actually don't re- recommend learning the way that I learned, but if you like to study tarot, if you like to study and that's how you like to learn, um, then, uh, oh, my computer's screwing up. Let's just, okay, if you like to study, her book is called The Language of Tarot. It's um, referencing the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, which is kind of like your classic baseline go-to sort of tarot deck. Um, uh, Roberta, oh, I can't think of her last name. The Language of Tarot, I know you can find it on Amazon. I think that's where I got it off of. Look at look how helpful this is. I see. Remember when I said I don't have notes? I don't know. Again, just just DM me on Instagram if because uh, the book is not sitting in front of me, so I can't reference it. But anyways, that was my, and she had this Podcast called the the language of tarot and this woman's voice I just love it she has like this very slight speech impediment that I just f- was very comforted by for some reason I don't know anyways language of tarot Roberta something or other and of course I have multiple books hers was just my favorite and again uh, internet and and then me just pulling cards constantly and trying to figure this out and. The biggest reason I don't recommend this, just like let's digress off into this, is that my experience with tarot, the most successful readings I have had are intuitively led, which is when I like work with the cards on an intuitive level. And I have noticed that my intellect, like me remembering, memorizing, like intellectualizing, interrupts my intuition. And it doesn't mean that you can't intellectually learn the cards and give a very effective reading that way, because I do know people or know of people that read that way. And I don't criticize the way that you make your dinner. Okay. You can, if you are full at the end of your dinner, that's really all we're looking for. Right? So there are so many various ways to receive a tarot reading or to give a tarot reading, to do tarot. For me, And the method that has worked best for me is that when I go into it intuitively, I get way cooler details that are far more specific to my sitter. Again, this doesn't negate that intellectually learning tarot, you can't get a detailed reading. It's just for me, I couldn't. So when I teach tarot, um, I tend to teach it from an intuitive level. The other perk to learning tarot intuitively is you don't have to spend an an excessive amount of hours memorizing tarot or anything. You don't have to memorize anything because that's not how you do it. So that's why, like, in long story short, even though I did it, learn from my mistakes. Don't do that. So... Anyways, I spent all this time like learning tarot and, and I was obsessed. I was absolutely completely and wholeheartedly obsessed. I am still low key obsessed with tarot, but not like I was crazy. Like I did tarot. I did tarot every day. For sure. I did tarot every day. I did spreads for fucking everything (laughs) and I didn't know what I was doing. So, so now there gets to be this kind of like growth like stagnancy place where you can't really go any further unless you read for somebody else. So I kind of got stuck because on one hand, I really want to do a reading for somebody else. On the other hand, I'm still kind of this like, pragmatic, logical person with a superiority complex that does not want to admit to anyone that I could possibly believe in this woo-woo bullshit. So I was kind of stuck where I (laughs) needed to get vulnerable real quick so that I could share this because I wanted to learn. So I had to get over myself, long story short. And so I just kind of like creaked out of the broom closet and just like stuck a toe out. Basically, I started... um, I would ingest enough wine to make me feel brave and then I would I would offer readings to a couple close friends. And then I was at this thing this one weekend. Now this was an actual this was a big breaking point. So I was at this um I was a I am a musician and I was playing at a weekend and it was kind of this like a bunch of us were playing. Like there was a bunch of musicians. There's a bunch of people and we were all staying in the same hotel. Now I don't remember how we all got in the same hotel room, but we did. And I was like, Hey, I do this thing <laughs> and I did readings for everyone. Now, were they good? Probably not, but I did them and okay, whatever they happened and just whatever. So then about three, four months later, uh, we're again at this, uh, it's a music conference. And so again, a lot of musicians there. So now I have like a, like, and this was so important. I wish I could go, I actually should go back to these people and be like, you guys are so important to me moving forward with this because I had almost every one of those people that I was like, Hey, you want to read tarot? Um, come back to me and say, so actually, one girl specifically, she was like, The guess what happened? And she was like, blah, blah, blah. Was telling me the story. I was like, whoa. And I was like listening to her story. And there's not one small part of me that's not like, Why on earth are you telling me this story? Like, I love that you're telling me the story. Like, I am glad, but like, cause we're not like we weren't like super buds. And it was a pretty personal story, and I was like, Okay, cool. Like, what? Like kind of. So I don't know if I said that diplomatically or not, but she's like, well, you said that would happen. I was like, I did. She's like, yeah, you said this would happen. This would happen. And then it did. And she's like, and I totally would have freaked out. But because you said it, I didn't freak out. And then this happened and then it was all fine. And I was like, whoa. And she's like, yeah, that's, that's what you said. I was like, I said that? She's like, yeah. I was like, cool. And then another person came and they were like telling me the story. I don't know why they're telling me this story and same sort of thing. And she's like, well, yeah, but you said that would happen. I was like, I did. This also became the time I learned that I don't remember what I say in readings when they're good readings. Well, and if I'm not nosy, because honestly, I just can't keep my business out of like a love story. So if you come to me for like a love reading, I get really invested. And I'm like, yeah, I want to know. I want to know about this guy. We could come Oh oh my gosh, we should talk about that story. I did have a person who I was talking to them and I'm seeing the guy like that was like, oh, I see your guy. And I assumed this guy was like a ways off because they were going through a really gnarly breakup. This is a totally dig- digressed story. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. So I'm seeing this guy. I'm like, yeah, he's got like gray, salt and peppery, but mostly gray hair. And he's got this like toothy smile and he's like really kind. And I think it's something about him having like, I'm like, he has a lot of money, <laughs> which is great. But anyways, she was very well situated in her own right. Um, but I was like, kind of like, you don't have to worry about him being like looking for a sugar mama. Like he's good. He's established. He's, and he's like, kind of like, he's got his shit together. And anyways, cut to like, I don't know, six months later, a year later, I, I, meet like she's like oh i'd like you to meet this person and i was like and he all he did was smile and i was like i know you like i didn't say that because that'd be weird but i shook his hand and i was like in my head i'm like there he is i saw this dude weird and i it just he, i recognized him it was so weird to recognize someone you never met and so then i kind of said to her i was like that's that guy i talked about him it was see? that's just because I like to meddle and I'm nosy in relationships but that was another cool moment okay coming back but for the most part if I do a reading for you okay you have to and you want to tell me and I love when you tell me okay I love stories when you come back at me and you're like this happened I love that come back at me but you got to give me context because I don't remember you just just pretend that I wasn't even there for the reading you got to tell me about it okay so coming back around to the story um, I started doing these readings and basically I just kind of like err, err, like sc- just slowly opening this door on the room closet slowly 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 until I like you know feel a little little bit more comfortable and I honestly I feel like it's only been in like the last year maybe two that I'm actually like full full blown like freak flag is high up in the air and I'm going for it kind of a thing Um, it took a long time to feel comfortable with all these colors of me, like, of what, like these, these ways that I kind of identify and feeling like, comfortable exploring these aspects of myself and feeling confident saying like, yeah, no, I do believe that this is a thing. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works, but it is a thing. And it's just shown me, it keeps showing me over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again, that it's a thing, that it works. And it never doesn't blow my mind. Like there's not ever been a reading that I've walked away and been like, meh, meh, like they, they're, they're mind blowing. And I shouldn't say that there's some that are, eh, because if you don't, if you can't get that validation or I have some readings that are entirely based in the future and then you don't know. And like, unless that sitter comes back to me a year later, I don't know. And then it's like, I don't know, was that a good reading or not? I don't know. We'll find out, I guess, or maybe not. But anyways, um, so that's kind of, I guess, my origin story. And I guess that that creaking the door opening, it also led to me looking into. It, it did beca- It did feel like like this whole like Alice in Wonderland. So tarot like tipped me down the rabbit hole, and then walking through Wonderland, I, you know, it's because you meet different people. You meet people with these interests and people that are doing things. And so the woman that owned the the home I lived in at the time, she was very spiritually, um, what inclined. There we go. (laughs) Uh, she is very spiritually inclined. She, I still have a relationship with her. She's like the most wonderful woman ever. Um, But she, you know, she did Reiki and she, she got into the Akashic records and she was telling me, she's like, it's so cool. So I tried it. I actually had such a dull experience. We'll just save that for another day. But uh, she eventually, because she was so enthusiastic about it. She actually got a, the only like certified teacher in like, I don't know, Western Canada or something to come and do a certification course. And I took it because I was like, I just couldn't get it to work. Anyways, I can now, I can get the Akashic Records to work. I'm still trying to, like, find, like, tarot is just, like, such a passion for me. Like, I just love it. Uh, Akashic Records, it feels a little bit more like when someone's like, eat your Brussels sprouts. And you're like, yeah, I know it's good for me, but I'm just not, eh. would I choose Brussels sprouts? I don't know. Sometimes. That's how I feel about Akashic. I'll do it. You call me, you're like, I want Akashic. I'll be like, oh, it's probably good for me. Yeah, okay, let's try <laughs> Um, so I got into Akashic Records, uh, Reiki, I ended up venturing because of Melanie. I just had no interest in Reiki. It seemed like, I felt like there were various levels of (laughs) woo-woo and Reiki felt like it was just too off the charts for me. But Melanie and my experience with Reiki from Melanie, again, I would highly recommend was just really cool. And I was like, oh, this is, this is a thing versus reiki experience that i'd had prior i just was like i don't get it it's just nothing it's nothingness but melanie's was intense and i was like oh this is cool i want to do this but i only want to learn from her and so that's i think what i told her at the time she wasn't teaching courses then and i was like okay well when you have a course i want to take it and i'll i'll sign up i'll be your first student whatever just tell me and and then that's what happened and then um what else do i do uh, I feel again, remember, see no notes. I don't know. Uh, all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know. I, uh, stuff. Um, anyways, it just, it did lead down kind of this whole, Oh, I technically I've talked to a couple dead people. It's not, um, it's a language I'm definitely, uh, fostering, not it doesn't come quick. I have to kind of, um, so I have taken a, a bit of mediumship Um, there is one dead person that talks to me a lot, so I don't know how she gets through so much. My, my uh, husband's mother passed away, I think almost five years ago now, and she plugs in all the time. And I don't know how she does that because I can't see, like I'll intentionally go to connect with like a deceased person and kind of come up empty handed, but she can just like plug in and she makes fun of me all the time, which is hilarious, but also, <laughs> and she or she'll make fun of other people in the room like um, she sometimes makes fun of her son in arguments A- Anyways, so some, and it's funny because sometimes if, if my husband and I are having an argument and she has an opinion on this argument you, And again, if she's plugging in, it's usually more lighthearted. hearted um, But she'll either plug in and make fun of him or she'll plug in and make fun of me And make it apparent who she sides with in this argument and it usually breaks tension. Cause of course I'll usually mention it. And, um, anyways, so it just, yeah, it just led down to this. And then, like I said, you meet different people and then it just expands and it keeps expanding. And I feel like I'm forgetting part of this, but let's just, I don't know, naturally hope that it kind of concludes. I'm looking around my room to see if there's anything that's like, do you do anything else? Um, and so I think through this exploration it just naturally led me back to witchcraft like it because it just it just made sense. So I wish I could remember which witchcraft book I bought first and then of course that just led to like a thousand more. <laughs> um but here we are and now I have a plethora of Crazy cool experiences with tarot. I love to teach it. I love to teach it because it's so cool to watch people who walk in a door, you know, I'll well, Zoom a lot now, but you know, who turn on a screen and will say, <laughs> you know, they'll just say like, "Oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing," and then like read for someone in the next minute because it's innate. It's a first language. It's something you were born with. Like you were born breathing. You were born with a heartbeat. You were born with intuition. And sometimes it's like just about kind of exercising that muscle to tone it and maybe get it to work for you. Like, that's what I think even my relationship with mediumship is, is like, it's an untoned muscle. That muscle is within me. I know it's there. Um, but it's, it's like, it needs exercise. Okay, look, I'm going to share this and then maybe it'll hold me accountable. I had this idea for mediumship because I've been wanting to exercise that muscle. And my intuition has told me, like the conversation I was having was essentially like, well, remember when you started you know, doing tarot readings, you had to take this kind of leap of faith. Like you had to take this jump of vulnerability and put yourself out there to learn mediumship. You're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to take this jump. And so I thought of this idea that I think is actually like kind of clever. I just have to, I have to put some time aside for it, which uh, uh, candidly in this season of motherhood is um, time is uh, absolutely a luxury. (laughs) Um, so I have to put some time aside for it, but here's my idea. So you can hold me to this. Okay. Um, is to sit, I'm going to put some time aside to sit in a state, um, where I can be open to that mediumship experience and basically kind of do like an open call with some guidelines as always boundary, you know, uh, I don't want to say expert, uh, enthusiast over here. Okay. I like a very much advocate for boundaries. So with boundaries basically kind of do like an open call. And then my idea was that I would post it on my Instagram stories, basically be like, here's a person that is deceased that I talked to. Is this your person? (laughs) And then it's kind of broadcasted, which leaves me like kind of with my pants down, so to speak, vulnerable, naked out there But it's out there, which means that that there might be a person that can like, you know, get a message out to someone or maybe like, uh, you know, and and I've told these deceased people, despite the fact that I haven't actually been able to do this yet. um, I've told them, I'm like, but you got to give me a really distinguishing feature about you, like something that is like like sets so someone will recognize you because like everyone's got a great aunt marjorie right like like i i need to know something specific like something that is unique to you or to that relationship of the person you're trying to get in touch with or whatever so anyways wish me luck and feel free to follow up or prod me about this because i do want to invest more time into it uh, okay. I think, I don't know. I think that's where I'm going to leave off. I feel like I have told enough of my story. <laughs> um, thank you for listening to my story. If you made it this far, God bless you. Okay. Uh, you know, goddess blessings be upon you. Um, cause that was a lot. So good for you. I am going to go and probably, be a mom in some degree or another. And um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate your listenership. We love to hear from you. Please send me a DM. Um, if you're trying to get a hold of me directly, it's at Tanya Ryan XO. Please be mindful of scammers. I had an episode there where I was like nonstop spam accounts and they... I don't reach out to people and say, Hey, I was feeling your energy and I just want to give you a reading. Uh, uh-uh, that's not me. I will not do that. That's weird. So don't respond to those. Uh, DM me, um, tell me any feedback that you might have. I'd love to hear it. You can also just reach out to us at the spiritual, no, at spiritual boss podcast. That's on Instagram or email spiritualbosspodcast at gmail.com. And those are all just really great ways to get in touch with us. We just like to know if there's subject matter that you want to talk about. Um, if there's a certain episode you really liked, if there's one you didn't like, if you disagreed with one of our opinions on something, we just, we just like to hear it. So um, feel free to get in touch. Peace in. Peace out.